Welcome to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. Your hosts, Danielle Sullivan, National Director at Curriculum Associates, and Sari Labaris, Social Communications Manager at Curriculum Associates, are here to share actionable tips, best practices, and success stories to improve your classroom and drive student learning. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. This is Danielle. Hey, everyone. It's Sari, and welcome back to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. You know there is a lot happening right now, and we hope we can provide you with some insight, tips, best practices, and breathing room from the critical work that you do. We are here to support teaching and learning wherever it is taking place. We have with us today a very exciting guest, Megan from Curriculum Associates. So I'm going to have Megan go ahead and introduce yourself, and welcome. Hey there, everyone out there in podcast <laughs> land. Uh, my name is Megan Robinson. I'm a part of the Curriculum Associates team, and I uh, serve on the same team as Danielle as a national director. Uh, prior to being a national director at Curriculum Associates, I spent a number of years in the classroom uh, teaching in Title I, urban, suburban, and rural schools, as well as independent schools. So uh, that vast experience combined with my years as a performer as Cookie Monster and The Count um, helps me just a bit in <laughs> whenever I'm conducting presentations or trainings with educators. So thanks for joining us and thanks oh for having me. Oh my gosh, that's a whole nother podcast topic on you were Cookie Monster <laughs> and the Count. So maybe stay tuned for the next episode. <laughs> but on this episode, what we'd love to hear about, I know you're doing a lot of essential work within the con um, the container of the work we do at Curriculum Associates around equity. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that work. So about two years ago, I was really inspired by some of the presentations and speeches that I had seen at conferences around the country. And um, this new, it seemed like there was a new buzzword coming up in education, right? This word of equity. And so I wanted to make sure that as I was talking about equity, that I was very well informed, right? That it wasn't just a word that was being thrown around in situations, but that it really was rooted in deep understanding. So I set on this journey, and I'm still on the journey now, of um, reading research around the importance of ensuring students have access to grade level instruction, setting appropriate goals for students, building a community and how important community is to students of color, as well as understanding bias and prejudice and how that impacts all the other pieces that I just spoke about. So it's been a session that I've been developing over time and it's certainly matured and evolved, uh, but I've learned a lot and I've had some great conversation with, conversations with folks across the country. So I'd love to dig into some of those pieces a little bit deeper. And as we talk about it, I would love for us to really contextualize it in our current environment. So when we talk about some of these things, and I love that you're doing research, this podcast is all about sharing the research, giving best practices for our listeners so they comply literally tomorrow if they choose in the classroom. So as we're thinking about the great work that you've done and some of the research that you've done, I just want to make sure that we keep in the context of are there things that educators can apply like tomorrow, that would be super sure. helpful. Okay. So what's one of those topics that you share that you feel the most passionate about or have done the most research on? One of them is on goal setting. 
uh, and the importance of setting appropriate goals for students that are rooted in actual data, right? Because, and the importance of data in that conversation is that data uh, assessment systems, those bases that are computing those goals for students uh, don't have racial bias, uh, don't have prejudice. So therefore, those systems are just looking at the information and providing realistic goals and guidance. And why that is so important is because uh, there was some research that was released by TNTP about a year and a half ago, where they took a look at the level of expectations that different teachers from different backgrounds had of students of color. And what they found overwhelmingly was, you know, first, that teachers altogether had lower expectations of students of color than white students. But then even more significantly, white teachers had very, very low expectations of students of color. So then what that means is then those students couldn't be served off grade level content and never be given the opportunity to access grade level instruction. And I just want to take a moment to think about that, because if that happens in, let's say, starting in third grade, and the student isn't receiving third grade content. Then they go to fourth grade and they're not receiving fourth grade content. They go to fifth grade, they're not receiving fifth grade content. At what point, at what space is there a devotion to ensuring that that grade level content that was intended to be delivered when the child was in that grade is actually delivered, right? So low expectations can then mean that students are being served off grade level content not being given equal access to grade level instruction, right? So that's one. Another thing that can happen when we don't set proper goals for students is that goals can be set very well intended, but can be set too low for students because we want them to feel a sense of success. We want them to feel, right, what that, that inner joy when they reach their goal. However, if the goal is too low, then it's actually not driving students in the direction towards grade level proficiency. On the other hand, bias can play a role in setting goals too high for students that ensure that students don't succeed and don't have those feelings of success and actually don't even have a true opportunity of reaching those goals. So goal setting through through data is extraordinarily important to remove the component of bias and prejudice that has played a role in many pieces of research show that plays a role in setting goals too low or even too high. For students. So give me an example of how a teacher could set goals in this climate. Like what or what's a way that you've set goals um, in the past? I know that the research is more recent than when you were in the classroom, obviously. <laughs> but in your experience of working with educators, what's a really what are some tips or I don't want to say tricks, that's really a stupid word to say with that. Right. I actually have have issues with tricks. But anyway, any tips that you can <laughs> can share with our listeners around that, that would be awesome. Yeah, you're right. You're right, Danielle. So the data that I speak of wasn't available to me when I was in the classroom. So I didn't have the luxury of using that data. But I did have the perspective that all the students in my classrooms, whether it was a fourth or fifth grade classroom, which is where I spent uh, the bulk of my uh, decade uh, long career in the classroom with students, I always assumed that students could access grade level instruction. I knew that some students would need more support than others in order to access that grade level instruction, but it never crossed my mind to give those students or to not give those students grade level instruction. So I think the first, right, that first uh, step 
is to kind of check ourselves and make sure that we are shedding any of that of those assumptions that we make about students' inability to access grade level instructions. Um, another piece of research that I've seen that showed the uh, best way to ensure that students who are performing below grade level can access grade level instruction is through scaffolds, right? So using appropriate scaffolds um, is the way that you give all students access to grade level instruction. Uh, one of our colleagues actually says that just because a student uh, may not be a fifth grade reader, let's say, or be, be prepared for fifth grade math content, doesn't mean that that student can't participate in the conversation, look for connections, and still develop an understanding of those, uh, of those learning opportunities. So using scaffolds is extraordinarily important um, in, that, in that component as well. Now, when we talk about setting goals for students, once we get past the point of making sure that we are committed to providing every student access grade level instruction and using the appropriate scaffolds to get everyone there. Then you our folks out there in podcast land, look at your iReady growth goals. For every student, you have a typical, typical growth goal and a stretch growth goal. Those goals are set for those students based on actual data, not any assumptions about those students based off of their uh, previous experiences or their racial background or their uh, sexual orientation, so on. So using those growth goals is a great place to start. Uh, particularly, you might look at that typical growth goal first and say, okay, that's a great space to start because that lets us know how much growth a student should make in order to continue moving at the same pace that they're moving right now. But this school year in particular, I urge you to, to really focus on a stretch growth goal because this is not a typical school year. So the typical growth goal uh, is a great goal, but to ensure for all of our students, especially students who are performing below grade level, that stretch growth goal is attainable. It is ambitious, but it is attainable. So it's something that students actually have a chance of reaching. So they have that sense of, of that glow that comes from success, right? But then also if they're reaching for their stretch growth goal, they're going to exceed or surpass their typical growth goal. So there's still something to celebrate. They are moving in the right direction. And moving beyond that typical growth goal ensures that they're making the additional progress to reach grade level proficiency. But it, using that stretch growth goal is just as important. So you have that data that I wasn't <laughs> lucky enough to have when I was teaching the classroom. So use that to set goals for students and communicate those goals to students, communicate them to their families so you can all work together towards achieving those goals. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And if those of you listening, uh, if you don't know what iReady is, we'll put a link in the show notes to let you know, because Megan really talked about the amazing data that you do get with iReady, because it does give you these differentiated growth targets. If you're using other data, I think the importance of using the data to set realistic goals. And um, like you said, let's assume kids are more capable than we think they are to be able to set those high expectations. Yeah. And we actually referred to the, the research Megan's talking about in uh, season one I don't remember the episode, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I can link it. Yeah, and we also have goal setting guidance um, that could be applied to any types of goals that we can also link. And I think the main the main point to drive home here is there the students can reach the goals, but they're ambitious, right? You want to set the bar high for them because again, if if 
we think the students are capable of, of meeting us at that high bar, they'll get there. We just have to truly, truly believe in them. And Danielle Huff right. and I have talked about this at length before too. And <laughs> I know a lot of educators also use SMART goals. So anything like that. And then what you said at the very end, Megan, is more important now than ever as you're forming relationships with students, maybe doing this virtually, but communicate those goals to them. What good is it to have a goal for your students without letting them know and have those transparent conversations early on, um, build that mutual trust and respect and, and, you'll, and you'll see where it takes you this year. You know what else I just wanna to add too, as you were saying that, uh, Sari, it made me think about different types of goals that you can or, or guidance that you can receive from different assessment systems. And what's really important is that we're setting goals for students that are based off of grade level outcomes, right? And that aren't just setting students up to be average, right? Uh, one other conversation I have with a lot of folks is what does average really mean? And what average really means nowadays is that students are not proficient on their state summative assessments overwhelmingly average is below proficient, right? So what that means is if we're setting goals for students that are solely based off of average 50th percentile, then those students are right there in the middle, but they're still not proficient. So it's important to understand what the goals you're using mean, if they indicate average 50th percentile or if they indicate grade level proficiency. Our typical growth goal gives you an understanding of what average is, but that stretch growth goal, why we emphasize, why I'm emphasizing that stretch growth goal is because that is truly targeting grade level proficiency. So you want to make sure you understand the difference between the two, what kind of goal setting process the, um, the system that you're using has gone through and whether or not it's solely based on averages or it's based off grade level outcomes. And as I said, averages actually means that students will not be proficient on state summative assessments. And honestly, now, what does it mean to be average? I mean, things have really, with the country and the disparity and and the different educational programs that have uh, rolled out with the closing, not close here, not there, who's on first, who's on second, right, of what's happening in education right now. It's interesting yep. to just see. Okay. So it's really, really important to really uh, rely on data that is valid and reliable. Absolutely. So unfortunately, that is all the time we have for this one. But we're going to um, have Megan come back next week. And we're still going to talk and dig a little bit more into discipline. So um, we'll have part two next week. But unfortunately, it's all the time we have for today. Um, so where can they find us? Yeah, thanks so much for joining us, Megan. That flew by. <laughs> we hope you all enjoyed. <laughs> for now, you can follow along on Twitter at Curriculum Associ and on Instagram at MyIReady. And please continue to tag us in your posts so we can see the amazing work that you do every single day. Again, no matter where learning is taking place this year. And if you have feedback about the podcast, topic of interest, want to be a guest, shoot us an email at extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. That's Extraordinary Educators at cainc.com. Again, this is about you. We're here for you. Uh, we hope you enjoy it. And as always, be you, be true, be extraordinary. This podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates and is the copyrighted material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates.